You are listening to the First Issue Club podcast, your weekly journey through the comic book sphere, sphere spectrum. Is it round, this hobby? Oh, wow. No, it's Let's open a can of worms It's an there. amorphous blob that we're inside. I mean, it's normally a square. It's it much like our own middle. universe. Oh, right, right. And aren't books just a portal to the unknown and exciting there we go. adventures? And that's what we aim to do here is be your entry point into those fun new stories and you crack the pages. And don't you love when those pages kind of do a little stick together and it's a little click? Click sound when you peel them apart for the first time and you say, this is Gem Mint 10, baby. <laughs> it was. I'm, it was. That's, I always kind of wonder when CGC is handling a comic, it's like, is that one of the qualifiers for a book to be a 9.9 or a 10? Is like, it pops. It has to make that real nice clicky sound when like it's the first time the pages have ever come apart. <laughs> no one's even opened this. It does feel good. I do love that sensation, yeah. and it's a kind of ASMR-y thing for me. Uh, this is the First Issue Club. I am Mike D. I'm Greg. And I am Vargas. And as always, we're going to be talking about some comic book news and then some first issues that the gents read this week. I I worked a lot this week. I missed last week's episode because I was working so much i have not really versed myself in too many new comic books i'll i maybe have a pile that i've read more recently okay that i could grab and kind of try to speak to but well, i'm, we love I'm spacing on all that Mike. stuff now yeah. yes your aura in the room is all we've ever really wanted oh great that's sweet amber is the color of your energy whoa what band is that it's 311 311 okay fuck them up peanut I always think Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind is better than 311. You'll, I mean, no lies detected. Yeah. Depending, yeah, on, depending your, on your taste. Depending on how close you are to a beach. How, <laughs> depends no, on your. Depending on how many ponchos you own. <laughs> which still could be relative to your location to That's a true. beach. Let me put it this way Third Eye Blind has aged better. Than 311. If you own a Jack Johnson CD, you own a 311 CD. If you own a pair of Birkenstocks, you in twenty Ooh. in twenty twenty three. That's a toss up. Could go either way. <laughs> no, that's going towards 311. <laughs> um, guys, any comic book news top of mind? Here's the only thing I want to say about comic book news this week. Okay. Because... All right, Greg, go off. So step back, y'all, if I can get the mic for a moment. (laughs) I would like to specifically talk to and sit down... Oh, this is directed at someone? Comic book Twitter. Okay. Comment the fuck down. No, get torqued up. Comment down (laughs) this week for whatever reason... Comic book Twitter is attacking Chip Zdarsky for being a hack on Batman and has opened this whole dialogue about essentially Batman being a cursed book because Tom King was on Batman and people called him a hack. James Tunyon was on Batman and then people called him a hack for being on Batman. And now it is bleeded into Chip Zdarsky who was on Batman. And now comic book Twitter, it like, I know people didn't like the Tom King run that much. 
until- I liked all three of those. So I guess yeah. I'm I guess I'm you in this scenario where I'm telling people to calm down. Yeah. Uh, a hack. Well, like, what's the, is there an argument for that? Like, is there so, sort of like hacky writing? So, well, like- so the argument that I think I'm gonna make is people get too emotionally attached to their characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I can't imagine as a writer when. DC approaches you and they're like, do you want to write Batman? Your yeah. initial reaction is, fuck yeah, yes, I do. That's right. the dream job. And then there has to be a moment later in that that's evening. That's like the pinnacle of like. Yes. Yeah. Like that's what you're, sh- uh, presumably that's what you're shooting for. Yeah. A big title book. A big uh-huh. flagship book. The and, flagship book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some would argue. Right. <laughs> and so you're like, you 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 ecstatically say, yes, I want to write Batman. Uh-huh. And there, there has to be a moment later in the evening when you're pouring your decanter of wine and you think, oh no, what have I what done? What have I done, yeah. Like, I am, I have a target on my back now. I have this character in my hands who is on bed sheets, mm-hmm. who people have tattoos of, and who pe- and people have written dissertations about. Yeah. People have opinions about Batman. They don't have that many opinions about Captara, but they have opinions about Batman. And whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, someone's going to hate it. And they're going to be the loudest on Twitter, and that yeah. just gains traction. Yeah, and it makes other people feel comfortable coming out and yes, saying their shit. Yes, and it just builds into a fervor. Yeah, and then suddenly people are saying he's a hack. I loved the failsafe stuff. I loved that was the, so dope. Okay, the look, look. multiversal yeah. travel thing for as as much as you could be like I'm annoyed with multiversal stuff in comic books right now because it's so overdone. Yeah, like the way he did it, I thought was fantastic well and the fact that he like cobbled together a bat suit while he was doing it uh-huh. was so cool the whole um i can't remember i can never remember the name of like the other batman that's like his protective oh zurin art zurin art yeah <laughs> that is so cool yeah. to bring that back and uh i thought it was fun um, Chip Zdarsky, Batman. I also think calling Tinian a hack on Batman is... <laughs> he wasn't on it long enough. <laughs> absurd. Yeah. One, yeah. One, he wasn't on it very long. And two... He gave you like six characters that are like iconic. He did so iconic. many new characters. And they were all like mega hyped. Like so many cool new Gotham things to like play with in the playground that felt very fresh and yeah and new. I think the end of his run kind of took a little bit of a downturn because it was interrupted by like future state and uh-huh. dawn of DC, mm-hmm. you know, like it felt like he was doing something and then he had to like kind of put the brakes on it to do future state. Well, and then he had to, he had to quickly wrap up his shit because he broke his contract because he went to Substack. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to well, knock the guy if the end stories weren't right. 10 here's, out of yeah, 10. Here's, here's the thing, though, too, that everyone's got to remember about um, comic book writers and what they're beholden to is that, um, all right, so Tinian's run ends with Joker War. Um, Great event. Right. Uh, if you're going to do a big Batman thing, Mm-hmm. It probably builds to the Joker. Yeah. And <laughs> one way or the other. And yes. your like big Joker story is your like last hurrah with like the character. Um that totally makes sense. Um 
when you're doing that, the way those Joker stories end are with Batman throwing the Joker in an asylum mm-hmm. or Joker getting away or something. And we can say it's frustrating to not kill the Joker <laughs> or do something different. Right. But the Joker is a character that makes DC so many piles of money mm-hmm. <laughs> and you cannot kill these characters like so you can only do so many different things with the joker with main line in continuity batman slash gotham characters mm-hmm. well even when scott snyder did mm-hmm. he got called a hack yeah. right like he, he killed mm-hmm. bruce wayne and the joker yeah right in and the coolest way possible in the coolest way possible without killing them yeah right and gordon took over as batman mm-hmm. inside that batman in that bat suit and it Holy was fucking hell. awesome that was so cool but like people called him a hack for doing that same shit so yeah. like does the joker get away or does the joker die either way mm-hmm. nobody's happy and it, it, the argument wasn't even like oh they can't like kill the joker or like yada 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 it was a a critique on their writing style, which is even more absurd. Yeah. Like these are vetted pros. Like you don't get the Batman yeah. by accident. You like you don't like stumble into a, a the room and they're like, hey, do you do you want to write Batman? And they're like, oh, I was looking for the bathroom, but sure, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll write Batman. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, we read your uh 20-page webcomic. Do you want to <laughs> Do you want to write Batman? Hey, you think I did like sex criminals, right? We got a Batman story that's just begging to be done. Jesus. I I always say whenever people are like, oh, this new Batman sucks. Oh, cool. There's like 4,000 yeah. back issues of Batman that you can go read. I promise you haven't read them all. Yeah. Maybe you just don't like good stories, so shut up. Yeah, well, just don't read it, yeah. right? Like, you can be the only guy in the world that doesn't read Batman. Also, the, the the argument, oh, this new Batman sucks, isn't an argument. Right. Give me a reason why. Yeah. You can't just, like, blatantly, oh, it just, it just sucks. Well, and you can say, like, I don't like Chip Zdarsky's writing style. Okay, then why are you reading Batman? Mm-hmm. Like, you can be upset that they picked him, they picked a writer you don't like to write Batman. I don't want to read anything else. <laughs> I only like Batman. <laughs> I'm only allowed to get Batman. I've well, been, lucky for you, he's off of Daredevil next week. I've been cursed by a witch, and I can only read Batman. Oh, good. There's only 7,000 Batman titles on the shelf right now. <laughs> this isn't a comic book problem. This is a people problem. True. Right? And we need to keep 80% of our opinions to ourselves. It's a... The, the main thing I wanted to get to was <laughs> the comic book community is a reactionary group. And we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. And enjoy our picture books Mm -hmm. and realize that they're a fun thing. They're supposed to be fun. Mike, do you say this all the time? Yeah. They're fun picture books. Just enjoy the ride. And Andy, you're right. If you don't like it, don't fucking read it. (laughs) There are are hundreds of books that come out every week. We cover them. Like, pick another one. You you can go read a Batman book on Marvel. It's called Moon Knight. (laughs) <laughs> and he's dying soon. Yeah, and he's dying soon too. You can complain about that. <laughs> Th- that's the main point of news I want to get in front of of just like people the these 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 creators aren't hacks. They're in the business for a reason. They they've been vetted. 
just you're you don't like good stuff. It's like spitting out caviar. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had caviar. It's very salty. That's what I hear. I like salty stuff though. Well, you an anchovy guy? No. No? no. Greg? Never. Never. I like an anchovy on my Caesar salad. Well, oh, really? Okay, yeah. Are there bones in anchovies? No. Uh, in cartoons, you just see them. Well, I mean, being taken out of a can. If they're like... gonna, if they're gonna put them on your salad, they're gonna debone them. I th- <laughs> actually, I think the bones are cartilage. So, I oh, think is that right? Can, I think you can eat them whole. Oh, you just eat them whole. Okay. Oh, fun, fun party trick. Yeah. Gulp. <laughs> Big oysters. Nope. I love oysters. I, I don't like seafood in general. You don't like seafood? Wow. No. Sushi? Does it come from the sea? I don't know. It's a different taste, you know? It's not like a... I don't, like, like, su- I don't like sushi. Okay. I like sushi. Yeah. All right. I just want to get on the same page with yeah. everybody on what the they The next 20 minutes are I'm just my boys naming foods into seafood. Shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. That's all, that's all the news that I had to really... The only news I had is also Batman news, and it's Batman Day is the 16th this year. Yeah. Again, I guess it's always on Remind the Remind me what Batman Day is. It's, it's Batman's birthday and death day. Sure. He planned it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, wow. DC does Batman Day every year, and they okay. release like, special editions of whatever We go to Elite stuff. all the time when it happens. Is it? Does it coincide with the free comic book day? Yes. Okay. Sometimes. It's just free. Okay. Most, that's right. Sometimes. Yeah. Right. But Dr. Side-Eye over here. Sometimes this this year this is a race. is a big one because uh, Gargoyle of Gotham comes out on Batman Day. Ooh, the uh, Raphael Raphael Grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah, so get out there on the sixteenth and grab yourself a copy. Uh, I will definitely be doing that because I want to make sure and get the variants that I want. Because be I am brutal. a shill. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I just saw Distillery launched their own web shop. So you can buy their comics straight from them now, which is cool. $100 a piece. <laughs> Just some variants. Yeah, the uh, most of them are cover price. We so. talked about the Christopher Ward $100 variant. Oh, did you variant. cover this last week? Yeah. Well, we, we only covered that part, and it was okay. on the Patreon. And we we were uh, wax poeticing about how they took the issue that Bad Idea had of scarcity and were just like, Let's just make them really expensive, and then you can just buy them. <laughs> like yeah. anyone can buy them instead uh-huh. of mailing in like a stick or something. <laughs> like, right? Like that's too uh, too much trouble. We'll yeah. Just make them accessible. That does seem to be a thing that distillery is doing. Is they're just printing a lot of everything, and they're making you know about it well right. in advance. So it's like no one's gonna miss. They're not sneak releasing. Right, jocks gone. Right, it's like they're they're in your face constantly, like pre-order this book, which is I don't know. I appreciate. I'm not mad about it because they, you know, they're a new publisher. Mm. They need to make some money, so that's fine. Um, we did. You shouldn't be mad. That's the way to do it. We we did say that like if they're going to be the prestige comic publisher, ten bucks an issue is a little rough. It's a hard pill to swallow if they're going to be multiple issues a month. That's going to really have to force people to pick and choose on their comics of the week. I don't think that's the like have they said that that's their like standard price point though? Devil's Cut was 10 bucks. But it's like a massive it's like a magazine size anthology thing. Yeah, but we haven't seen any of their other like books, right? And the and the no. cover so the, the cover I've seen for Gone mm-hmm. is 
It's another big another prestige big format book. Yeah. I wonder so, if they're all prestige format. Right. So maybe like a black label kind of sized book. Which is fine yeah. if that's what you're doing. But I, don't, I love these creators. I And everybody's going to buy them, but I don't want to pay 10 bucks an issue. Pre-order them and pay six. That's a bad answer, Mike D. It's <laughs> just too pragmatic, <laughs> too logical. I don't know. I'm willing to pay more for a big, longer form prestige thing, which is stuff reads better anyway like that. Mm-hmm. And these are creators that I know I love. So I welcome right. massive size, semi-gloss, longer books if that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I bet you anything, though, they're going to have... Some larger format books, some regular format books that are going to be like normal comic book price, whatever that is in 2023. It, it is exciting to see a publisher with that stacked of a creator arsenal. Yeah. Like they're not fucking around with the oh, people yeah. that they have on these books. So uh, I am excited to continue to read. It makes me wonder if there's going to be other creators that like hop into that. Or if it's going to stay like that kind of tight-knit group of those handful of people. No, probably all the guys that are complaining about uh, Chip Starsky's Batman are uh-huh. all getting contracts from Distillery as we speak. <laughs> yeah. From their awesome uh, Twitter threads that they get mm-hmm. so many likes on. Mm-hmm. Their their original IPs, uh, Titty Princess, are getting picked <laughs> up by Distillery. And Batham, the ham that's Batman. <laughs> Do you guys um, still follow the sub stacks that you started following when a lot of these because a lot of the distillery creators mm-hmm. were like big into sub stack early adopters did the kind of special releases to their followers stuff like that are you guys still into any of that or have you kind of been like sub stack was an era of comic books that's kind of in comic book fandom that's kind of starting to get in the rearview mirror i mean i still get emails from those sub stacks of creators who are updating and yeah, they, they so people are still really active on it, is what you're saying. Yeah, but it's used primarily now as like a newsletter of sorts. Of Which just is, like, well, that was the intention of the the whole thing to begin with, right? Well, the intention was that you would go to Substack. As a, as a platform, not necessarily for comic books. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, what they wanted was these long form things of like... Yeah, I'm going to tell know, an ongoing story right, through my like newsletter. Like really make it your space and like make it so people really want to subscribe. Yeah. Um. I don't know if they have like those big giant creator tiers anymore that were like Tinian does. Really? Well, he's yeah. so active on that guy. Like he is bombastic on yeah, his he is Mr. Substack. So, um, yeah, he's got that $250 a year tier. Mhm. And like, you get like variants and they're signed and yeah. that's cool. I think you even get like a pin, like a you get, Department of Truth pin. You get a you. special pin that if you see him at a con, he gives you like a special thing. Fun. So, I mean, do I? Um, yes, but because I haven't unsubscribed from those sub stacks. Yeah. But it's cool to have like creator newsletters brought to your email uh-huh. like once a week of just like, hey, here's the new stuff I'm working on. Like, here's a little behind the scenes stuff. Um, speaking of which, First Issue Club has a newsletter that we put out every week. If you go to patreon.com slash first issue club, you can sign up for free and get in one of our newsletters. I don't know if I even knew that. Because you're not subscribed to it. <laughs> What's in the newsletter? I... You can find out if you subscribe. Got him. <laughs> that is true. Do Do you... <laughs> I'm assuming you two write it. <laughs> Greg writes I it. Write Greg it. writes it, okay. <laughs> it is, it, it's, uh, it's a combination of things that are happening in, in the First Issue Club 
world and the comic book world. Oh, so it's like updates on our episode. On you, uh, yeah, just me in general. <laughs> Bought new pants today. <laughs> really excited about them. Pictures of his new pants. Mm-hmm. Wearing his me new wear, pants. yeah, <laughs> ironing them. Uh, okay, uh, some club news then from me because I don't get to write the newsletter apparently. Uh, <laughs> These aren't personal updates about me. You just said it was first issue club updates. Yeah, like uh, what episodes are out? Our new what Patreon that out? drops okay. articles that we put on the website. In any case, I don't think I've talked about this yet on the podcast, but I'm going to LA Comic Con. Oh right! I swear to God, I thought this was you saying you were leaving the show. I was like, this wind up is extensive. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to announce it to you guys cold on uh, <laughs> you get a, a genuine reaction during a show that we're like video recording um yeah i'm going to la comic-con i've it'll be the probably one of the bigger conventions i've ever been to la we go to c2e2 yep a decent yep. amount or i've been like three times in the last four years i've been twice um and it's a blast. It's massive. It mm-hmm. was never the first time we went. Um, was the cold was well, it was freezing there, which I'm looking forward to going to L.A. in December because it should be a little warmer than Kansas City. Fingers crossed. Unless the climate, yeah, is. unless we're just really <laughs> fuck the earth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who knows anymore? Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be at a con that big, and they're announcing some like huge names already. Um, but one of my things is like, as they're announcing names, I'm like, I would be cool to have this sign, that sign, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, I have to fly to LA. Yeah. I don't know how well I can. Oh, I have a solution. Pack stuff. But I'm also like, once I go there, I'm probably going to be buying a lot of stuff too. So is that like less stuff that I want to buy? It occurred to me that it may be safer to package stuff up and mail it back to myself than it would be to put it in like a backpack or a suitcase and carry that on a plane. That's Definitely. exactly what you need to do. You yep. think so? Yeah. You buy stuff Which there seems and then mail it. Ridiculous, doesn't it? To be like, I bought a handful of comic books. I'm going to like go to the po- a post office in fucking LA, mm-hmm. which has got to be like, a nightmare-sized line, I would assume. I guarantee you they have a booth or something yeah. in, in the convention center. To Bar- mail stuff to yourself? Bartle Hall has Bartle, a post yeah. office. Yeah. Oh, that so the convention open. center should have a post office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a new level of nerdery, isn't well, it? I almost don't want to do it because I'm like... It opens the door. That's kind of out of control to be like... You're crossing a threshold. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I kind of am. Okay, think about it this way, though, right? Yeah. Whether... You're impassioned because you're like leaning forward. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We're in our mad money phase right now. (laughs) Put, put Put aside the... What's but, normal and not normal. <laughs> put aside the potential of your stuff getting wrecked let's, on the plane. Let's lose our definitions <laughs> of, of expectation. <laughs> okay, so but what happened at T2E2 that one year that you hey, bought that special Wolverine cover? Yeah, I have a Wolverine cover that's like worth $600 in 9.8, and I bunked it on the way home on a train. Yeah, so that won't happen when you ship, yeah. when mm-hmm. you ship right? Mm-hmm. But on top of that... How much are you going to have to pay for the extra luggage fee? 
You can. You can. I'm pay. not bringing a suitcase to like. <laughs> No, I ship get, comics back. You home. don't know that until you go to the con. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I could come it. up with like a short box full of stuff. <laughs> but like, even if you don't, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have to get them on the plane somehow. Yeah, they have, they have, they have or, to weigh it. Yeah. Or you can pay the twenty five dollars for a flat rate mm-hmm. box, or the fifty bucks for a flat rate box. Yeah, and you know that they're gonna get here in good shape. Mm-hmm. And like, Andy's right. Like, you might just think like, oh. I'll do an envelope of stuff, but then that just spears you to buy more cool shit there because you're like, well, a box is just $5 more. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll buy more comics and ship them out. I'll probably bring one of those black foldy boxes. Yes. That you can get like 10 Folio com- box, yeah. I think it's the called. The folio box. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll bring comics to LA in that I just want to get signed. And I'll probably throw that in a carry-on. Yes. And then... I'm going to buy, I'll probably buy enough comics. Mm-hmm. I think once you get to LA, there's just going to be people with like, this is my LA cover of the thing, or this is like oh, the sure. convention exclusive, yeah, yeah. or like, I'm going to, Ryan Otley's going to be there, and like maybe he's just got like books at his table, and I'm like, why not? $5 for a signed Ryan Otley book. I don't have his signature. Yeah. That. I think it's going to get out of hand quick for me, and I'm going to have to figure yeah. out what to do with everything. Yeah, shit, just buy two more folio things while you're there and just mail those. Mail the folio yeah. box back? Well, no, no, in a box. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Put a stamp on it. <laughs> up th- Drop it there, in a There would be someone who heard what I just bin. said and be like, yeah, I'll just put a stamp on that and be good to go. <laughs> tape it up with duct tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All those, the post office, I think, sells bubble wrap and all that stuff yeah. right so some of it's free if you like ship there with it so they don't even charge you for all the bubble wrap and stuff yeah oh really probably not in la you know what I mean? la what? LA. Yeah. Oh, oh i'm going to LA Comic-Con. uh i'm sure there'll be a lot of fun celebrity guests just because it is in la yeah the only people that are confirmed so far are like the Lord of the Rings guys. All the uh, hobbits. Sauron's going to be there? All the hobbitses are going to be there. That's cool. Um, but I'm not really like a celebrity signing. Can you get Samwise to sign your copy of Rudy? I'm trying to think of, do you guys have many celebrities that you're like, yeah. I would have to stand in line and get their signature, even if it was... the. So, let's assume... The celebrity signatures are $50. (sighs) Which, for someone like Elijah Wood, it's got to be, like, at a minimum 50 bucks a signature, right? Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog you would do? Yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) We're assuming he's, like, a being that could sign something. You would do Kermit the Frog. I'll accept that as an answer. Uh, Knowing full well that there's a person under that table? Yeah. (laughs) You'd do... It'd be worth it for the picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks, Greg. Yeah. And then his signature is just a bunch of scribbles because yeah. it's a pen attached to a Dear Greg, Muppet thank you. arm. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, Kermit, you spelled it wrong. <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. I've got two. Andy. And you can pick, I mean, any, Alive or Dead? <laughs> any celebrity. I'm yeah. not you're yeah. not confined to comic actors. Oh, okay. Stuff. You could do like, a, and if we open it to like musicians and things. Maybe you've got like I, more I, people. I, yeah, I can't even do musicians. Could we be here? We'll rule night? them out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Carpenter. Directors would be very would, cool. Yeah. 
Bruce Campbell. I was going to say Bruce Campbell for you. And Kurt Russell. Yeah, you get your, all your Escape from New York stuff signed. Um, all my The Thing stuff signed. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I could have a The Thing poster signed by Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, yeah. I would, I'd kill everyone in this room for that. <laughs> they they sign it together off the same pen. Two Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think I... I get too nervous around people. Yeah. Like, like a celebrity or even at, at Comic-Cons. Like, I've mm-hmm. met Cullen Bunn hundreds of times. And whenever yeah. I walk up to him, I'm just like, yeah. and he's just like, hi, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I you put a table in front of someone and I, my brain just turns off because I don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. Which is crazy because I'm on a podcast. I've had a couple people I'm a huge fan of. You met the lead singer of The Pretenders. What? Didn't you? No, this isn't me. He didn't walk 500 miles. No, that's not the Pretenders, is the it? The Pretenders? No, that's the Proclaimers. The rec- yeah, the Proclaim- Proclaimers. Didn't you meet someone from the Pretenders? No. <laughs> the pre- what? <laughs> Who did you meet? The lead singer. Oh, man, this is... Oh, maybe you're thinking of the Breeders. The Breeders, that's what it was. Oh, that yeah. The Pretenders, I'm a moron. I'm a big Breeders fan. Yeah. My... 90s rock, my 90s indie rock, and chick-led bands. Yeah. La Tigra. <laughs> um, what about you? I was just thinking I'm such a Captain Marvel freak. I'm like, if Brie Larson was there, mm-hmm. it might be cool to get like a movie poster or something signed. Yeah. One of those like movie poster variants would be cool. Yeah, right. Something like that would be rad. Yeah. First appearance. <laughs> that yeah, we've had this conversation. First appearance of Captain Marvel had Brie Larson a, a million times on the cover. podcast, but yeah. do not <laughs> get your like classic comic book signed by actors. Like that is nuts. <laughs> You mean my Avengers was, number four signed by Chris Evans isn't it, worth anything? If it was printed before 1970, do not yeah. have an actor sign it. If it had Good to be purchased God. with war bonds, <laughs> just don't get it signed at all. So nuts what people do. It's like this person is a blip in the history of like what this character is like long term. Oh, man. I, I saw people, when Stan Lee was still alive, I saw people having Stan Lee sign action, unboxed action figures of Spider-Man. Sure. And like, you know, a hundred bucks out the window, like what? Yeah. To have him sign a post-it note at that point. <laughs> you can put it on anything. You can put it on each, you change the action figure it's on when you get home. Yeah. Like to, to have him I, sign just like a bumpy action figure is just asinine. I saw, uh, I watched a whatnot stream the other night of a guy selling some slabbed comics. I can't remember the seller's name, but he's a pretty popular one. Yeah. Um, Dr. Comic. And he had a lot of. CGC Stan Lee signed stuff and then some raw C, uh, Stan Lee signed books. And he had one that was, it was literally, it said Standibity. <laughs> and he was like, now this one doesn't look like a real Stan Lee signature. And I immediately started like cracking up. And he was like, we were having Stan Lee sign a lot of books and he fell asleep in the middle of this one. And 
uh, for some reason wrote Ibbity when he woke up and didn't really like finish it. <laughs> and Poor so, Stanley. And I was the like, the way we treated that man. I know. The end of his I was life. like, you're describing elder abuse. <laughs> like this is fucked up. The fact that he admitted that he was just like, first of all. We had too many books for Stan. Second of all, we made him continue signing <laughs> after, after he, he fell asleep. <laughs> they just like clapped in his face and were like, finish this. <laughs> like, fuck off. Let the old man go home and rest. It just felt, I was like, that's gross. Sign my books and you can have your oxygen back. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, what, that's almost as worse as stealing his blood. <laughs> God. Uh, oh my God! Why? So what happened to us as a culture? Someone bought the Stan Ibbity book. <laughs> for how much? How much did the Stan? I can't Ibbity remember. Go for? It was one of one Stan Ibbity. <laughs> it was over a hundred. First bucks. appearance of Stan Ibbity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. Well, let's get to the first issue of comics. Okay, let me just let's preface this comic book section real quick. Sometimes this show is hard. Sure. <laughs> because it, every week it's either feast or famine. Yeah. Either there's like one or two books that come out and they're, you know, they're good or it's like a million books come out and they're all good. This was a feast week. Yeah. <laughs> well, so much shit came out this week. It was Kill Your Darlings, the new Birds of Prey, like uh Fire and Ice came out, like so much shit came out. So I read like four books. And every one of them was a fucking heater. Awesome. Um, so I'll just get into the one that I was like really, really looking forward to the most, which was um, Kelly Thompson's Birds of Prey. Uh, I had very high expectations from this book from the moment she started drip feeding the cast months ago, um, which was uh, Black Canary, uh, Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Zealot and Big Barda, you know, seeing these characters slowly being revealed, you're like, this is the craziest Birds of Prey team. And so Leo Romero is doing the covers. Is he doing the interiors too? He's doing too? the interiors as He's well. He's one of my favorite artists. The art in this book is unparalleled. I will say one of the things I love about Leo Romero, and I say this about a handful of artists every once in a while, is like he's got... He draws women in such a real, real way mm -hmm. that is like, it's just like, look, he can do it. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? It can, it can be done. Like, like, older women, younger women, it's like, they don't all have to be like, I can't, it's kind of, it makes me feel gross about like the medium sometimes when you just see like... This isn't. This story isn't supposed to be that. Like this yes. artist did something like gross with like a younger character that like I'm not liking. But Leo Romero is one of those people who just handles like the way he draws women right. is like fantastic. And I'm glad you said that because every character in this and this book, is a women based team, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so like every character in this book is so defined mm -hmm. and so different, and that is equal parts Kelly Thompson and equal part Leo Romero. Yeah. Like. Every character is a different size. Everyone has a different dynamic attitude and personality that they bring to the team. Mm -hmm. This book, from the jump, 
had my attention and did not let go. Yeah. Like the art is crazy. The design of the panels is crazy. Kelly Thompson's script is impeccable. Like the addition of Harley Quinn on here is like such a wild card selection. Uh, if if anything, if you buy any DC book this year that is like kind of out of your wheelhouse, make it Birds of Prey. Because it is like it is so finely tuned and honed in to accessibility to every reader, new or old, for a DC book. All my favorite creators who had been writing Marvel stuff are like now writing DC stuff. <laughs> yeah, because uh, well, because Kelly Thompson's shit keeps getting canceled at Marvel, so she's gonna go to DC. Is it a limited, or is it an ongoing? Um, you know, I should know I that. It was it ongoing? But I don't the don't. don't the DC covers say. Like, if you look at the cover. Um, Normally, if it's a maxi, it's got, like, a different corner box or yeah, something. Well, yeah, it'll say, like, one of 12, 12 or something, yeah. or one of six in the cover. Uh, nope. nope, one. Nice. So, it's 13 plus, so if you're under 13, can't read it. There's curse words in here that are bleeped out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, kids. I don't make the rules, I just report it. Um, I also, I don't know if you want to go back and forth here with your comic books, Vargas. Sure. Oh, can I ask some questions about Birds of Prey? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Shoot. Um, is there a first arc bad guy that's been revealed? Is it an existing character, new character? So the the reason the the Ocean's Eleven mm-hmm. reason she's collecting this team is her adopted daughter, Black Canary's adopted adopted daughter, Sin, has been is being held captive on Thymera. From the Themyscira? The, Themyscira, sorry, by the Amazons because she has done something. Oh, we don't know what. And she's being scheduled to be killed. Okay. So they're like, they're going to break into the island of the Amazons and steal her back. That's oh, dope. cool. That's awesome. So I can only imagine where this is going. But I love it. It's like an all-women story, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. And it is, um, I don't remember... Big Barda being like um talking like a like a caveman kind of thing or like a like a Thor kind of character, but uh-huh. she the the her her uh pacing in her speech has kind of like a uh me like you like yeah. bat creature, you fun. It's just like did she get hit in the head with a hammer? Like Yeah, she was just like a regular person in Mr. Miracle. Right. So I don't I don't know, but in any case so charming, so fantastic, and I'm excited to read more issues of this uh, right series. Nice. Did you have any more follow-up questions? No, that was it. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, so I read on Boom, uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker. Um, it's by Zach Thompson and Valeria Burzo, and it is actually an adaptation of the book of the same name. Um and it's about this like real life story of Skinwalker Ranch um, out in the Uinta Basin in uh, is that Idaho? Don't look at me. I have no fucking clue. Pretty sure it's in Idaho. He's <laughs> like Mike knows his basins. <laughs> yeah. You're a basin head. Yeah, we're... you're real basin. I'm gonna hit all of them before I die. <laughs> that's that's my bucket list. Uh, this winter, I'm checking off more basins. <laughs> The you know, new ones pop up all the time, so it's hard to keep keep count of all the basins. Um, so this is uh, like a horror book, uh, true life crime kind of thing about God, cryptids and aliens and ghosts and all this kind of stuff that 
allegedly happened to this family on uh, Skinwalker Ranch. That's and, a gross name, first of all. Oh, the story behind like... Skinwalkers is horrifying. And they're in here. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's very cool though. It it has that like same kind of vibe as like Department of Truth. Martin Simmons did the cover, the A cover. Um, the same kind of vibe as like Blue Book. If you I love Blue, Blue Book. Book. Same thing here, right? Um, or it's that like kind of mm-hmm. embellish, like fictionified, true yeah. story kind of thing. I one thing I really appreciated about Blue Book was it was almost like you're seeing the story play out, but the narration through it was like these are the facts of it. It was like at this day, this happened mm-hmm. at at this point, so and so was reported to have said. So it it did tell you like the story from the person's perspective as if they were telling the truth, but it was never like, this is a thing that happened. You know what? It it, it felt more real that way, which I appreciated. And this book does the same. Does it? All right. That's awesome. I love that. Um, It's very cool. I I am a big fan of like paranormal and all that stuff. Uh If if anybody uh, listens to last podcast on the left, um, they they did a whole like three part series on uh, Skinwalker Ranch and they've done movies and documentaries about it and I'm totally in all that shit so this was like right up my alley. It's scary. Fuck that shit. I don't. <laughs> I want to sleep. Yeah. No. <laughs> no way. Like. And for those of you watching the video, this cover like freaked, a lot of a lot of stuff going freaked on. Freaked me out because there's like the ranch on the bottom and then. This is like a skull, but they also look like aliens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's, it's a rad cover. It's a rad yeah. cover. And Zach Tom, Zach Thompson, fucking rules. Yeah, yeah, he's a great writer. Yeah. Anyway, hunt for the sim- Skinwalker out on Boom. Totally rips. Uh, next up, I wrote. Or <laughs> I didn't write, but I did <laughs> the read. big reveal of Greg's <laughs> new comic. So casual. I'm Brad the new writer much. of Superman. Uh, <laughs> I read Terrace Apart on Dark Horse by Jay uh, Parchell, the actor, who has done... I don't know that actor name. He He's the like the lead voice actor for How to Train Your Dragon. He's in a bunch of... Oh, uh, yeah. He was in like uh, all those like Seth Rogen movies. Seth Rogen movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is drawn by Alessandro Michel. It's um about like a cult in Canada that is like training children to be like these... Uh, precision killers and then uh, they like kind of like try to devoid them of any kind of emotion like mm-hmm. there's no like attachment to like each other uh, well these two uh, cult kids like kind of like form this relationship or friendship and they bust out of there and then um, I'll be honest like the beginning of this book is kind of bogged down by like introducing you to the cult and like kind of like trying to explain the past relationship of these two cult kids like a little too quickly to me. But then mid book, uh, uh, flip switches and it turns into the most carnage infused book that I've ever seen on dark horse. And like, there's like a brutal fight scene in the snow. There's very sparse colors in this, which I loved, but there's this, there's this beautiful, beautiful and brutal fight scene in the snow. That is just, barbaric mm-hmm. and like that was the moment where i was just like oh, okay like I, I we had to rush that stuff real quick so we can get to here and now that we're here 
I'm I'm in. I'm yeah. kind of into like because it's like a fight to the death of like can these kids kids get off this mountain or this like Canadian wildlife or uh, wilderness to like find freedom or whatever. So uh, this is Jay's first comic book outing. Um, so not bad. I really enjoyed myself. Um, and it's a uh, tear apart on Dark Horse. Dope. It's, it doesn't sound very funny. He's a comedic he's, actor. He's a very comedic actor. I think I've seen some interviews with him where he was trying to do something a little different with comic books. Um, so, worked, so far. Worked for Jordan Peele. It can work for him. Yeah. What did Jordan Peele do? What do you mean, what did Jordan Peele do? Comic book. Oh, he did new comic. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. That's what he I just, thought you meant, too. He just too. switched genres. Yeah. Okay. That's I. Uh, I was like, I don't own any Jordan yeah. Peele comics. Yeah, I was like, seems I, like I don't know. I did have. he do Bone? Like, what? What, Andy? Yeah, you didn't read his uh, Batman run. <laughs> yeah. He's a hack. He's a hack. That's why he went to go do movies. Uh, what else? Is that it? Oh, oh what's um, it called? Tear us apart. Tear us apart on Dark Horse. Uh, real quick, I also read. I have to get to it. Uh, Fire and Ice. Oh, that's the DC book, right? Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Um, and it was. Oh, it's called Fire and Ice. Welcome to Smallville. And it's kind of a spill out from what's been happening in Human Target and uh, the Night Terror stuff and yeah, the both Power Girl stuff. Target, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and it is about um, Fire and Ice, like moving to Smallville to kind of like start a new chapter. And those are characters. If you don't know, there's a green one and a blue one. A green one and a blue one. You're caught up. <laughs> Their names kind of say what they do. Uh, yeah, one is fire, <laughs> one is ice. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's... and they're cops, and they <laughs> no, they're not cops. It's, it's, a, by... yeah, it's a buddy cop. Uh... It's by Joanne Starrer and Natasha Bustos, and it's it it really is almost like a slice of life DC book mm-hmm. um, about these people kind of restarting their life and uh, interacting with the people of Smallville yeah. and trying to just like form a different identity and like, mm-hmm. a, like, like trying to establish a new self in this town, like as a, as, as protectors. Was there a lot of setup in the first issue? Because there, yeah. there is, there, there were backup stories mm-hmm. that led into it in like action comics and a couple of, like right. you mentioned, like a right. power girl comic or something. Yes. And I didn't know those are some of those things. Yep to where I'm like, sometimes you pick up a comic and you're like, wait, I needed those backup stories. So I was wondering if they, if you could There's jump. a lot. Okay. But I think, but they referenced those stories. They referenced those stories. So okay. but you can buy this book without having read the. I read it just fine without reading those without backup, reading stories. backup stories. Okay. Um, you know, they did a little uh, comic book thing where they have a little asterisk by a phrase. And yeah, just see like, it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check out Action Comics, 1050. And you're yeah. like, nope. <laughs> Uh, I got what I got, um, but it's it's cool. There's a lot of cool setup for something greater that's going to happen down the line. These two characters are a lot of fun. I re- used to read a lot of uh, Justice League of America and Justice League International, and Fire and Ice were on those teams mm-hmm. uh, way back in the 80s and early 90s. So it's kind of fun to see them brought back into a more modern setting. Um, so it's cool. Uh, I, I'm excited for it. It may not be everyone's cup of tea but for for all intensive purposes dc in the year of our lord 2023 is producing some top-notch books is there a reason it wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea is this like a certain type of book that you're like this is more like an introspective 
okay. superhero book. Got it. The It's more about relationships than punching Got giant it. gorillas. The previews <laughs> that I saw for it gave me vibes of like Tom King's vision. It's not that heavy, yeah. but it definitely is of just of like two friends. It's like two friends who like move into an apartment together mm-hmm. and pretty quickly find out we maybe are better friends if we don't live together. Yeah. And so it's going to be like dealing with, uh, you know, uh, relationships and like how mm-hmm. you interact with people and like, who, who are you? And like, what do, what do you want to be kind of yeah. thing with Superman, <laughs> like flying uh, around? Like, so yeah. Sounds dope. it's in that context of uh, superhero zeitgeist stuff. And that's definitely a limited, right? That is definitely a limited. Yes. Which is fine. Yeah. It's a great book. Um, I also read Kill Your Darlings. It's This is on... Have you guys heard about this book? Yeah, it's in my to-read pile. It's this is from the KLC me. imprint, Kids Love Chains. Oh, okay. Written by the Supple Boys, who is like... Supple Boys? <laughs> so the Supple Boys were like... Uh, I do not like that name. The Supple Boys is a nickname you get for Supple being boys. really good at something or really bad at something. Like That's like... That is the nickname... You get of of a supple boy. Um, they are like they were hand in hand with Ryan Stegman and Donny Cates helping form KLC. Okay, and like they were um, basically like the assistants or like the the go to guys of just like if you have a question for Donny, like you can ask us. They ran like the podcasts and stuff, and uh-huh. they ran their Substacks, and now you know they put in their time there, and they got an, a chance to write a comic book on Image called Kill Your Darlings. It's about a young woman who has a very vivid imagination with her, uh, you know, action figures and dolls and the land she creates. And then one day something happens, like a fire started and her mother dies. And we kind of get these inklings that maybe her imaginary world isn't as imaginary as she or we thought. Uh Uh-huh. Dope. And so it, it it will blossom from there. Okay. I was uh in our email we were given a preview for it a couple weeks ago and it it, it shows a lot of promise. I love books where the premise gives both the author and the the illustrator the freedom to do like weird and wild characters. Mm-hmm. Like anytime you have like Oh, an imaginary friend is real. It just like gives you license to make some of the coolest visuals in comics. Mm-hmm. I think of like imaginary friends from Tim Seeley. Ooh, imaginary fiends. Imaginary fiends. That was it. Yeah, love that book. Yeah, it was insanely good. Yeah, the movie Drop Dead Fred. So many good striking visuals. Oh, God, in, like in that. It, uh, <laughs> it, that was more of a, a psychological thriller than it was a child's <laughs> comedy. If you think about it, you guys are dumb. Um, <laughs> But no, Andy, you you are right because like when you when you are given the license of like kids' imagination, yeah, you as a writer and you as an artist are just like, oh, I can do anything now. Yeah, a banana with a robot head and mm-hmm. machine gun. Yeah, and there's a there's a character in here who is like a pig elephant hybrid. Yeah, and I like love that stuff. Super cute, super short. Hmm. Kind of has a wise mouth on him. One has a short nose, one has a long nose. What's gonna happen when we put them together? A regular size nose. It's just a, it's a, <laughs> it's like a human nose. They can pick up things for some reason. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's by uh, Ethan Parker and Griffin Sheridan. They are, aka as the Supple Boys. It's uh, drawn by John J. Hill. 
nice. on Image Comics. Oh yeah, John uh, also worked on uh, Vanish. Probably it's if it's a KLC. Yeah. yeah. If you know seeing, me, I remember seeing that name on a Vanish cover. Uh, yeah, he's done stuff with the Schlub and the crossover God Country. Um, so he is well versed in the KLC Donny Cates. Stegman stuff. KLC rock and roll. So, um, I also read uh, Project Cryptid out on Ahoy, and Ahoy. this is going to be a very fun book. Um, it, however, no, 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 not okay. a however. Um, it, it's like an anthology thing. Um, it, it seems to be that they're setting up like basically two stories an issue. Um, oh, and they're written by different people. And they're written by different and people. And illustrated by different people. Correct. So I didn't realize that. Yeah. So this issue one has uh, Paul Cornell and PJ Holden's Wormy and Me. And it has Mark Russell and Jordi Perez's Ballroom of Death. And each one focuses on a different cryptid. Already banger. Yeah, totally. From the creative teams. <laughs> Totally banger creative teams. It's like a traducan of a comic book. Yeah. Insanely good idea. Um, so the the first story is about a Yeti and it takes place on like a Himalayan mountain. And the second one is a wild ass like cop drama where this cop befriends a Mongolian death worm and then joins a cryptid division of the LAPD. Right on. So like. Two wildly different stories, two wildly different storytelling styles, mm-hmm. um, but both just revolve around cryptids. Now, are these like one and done stories? Yeah. Yes. Okay. They're so not, they're not going to continue. The only thing that continues is the backup story by my Mr. main man, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's like a, a prose that. Grant wrote in the back that is going to continue on, presumably in the next. That issue. is a ton. Yeah, I did not read that yet because I can only read so many words per day. <laughs> that uh, was a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So, but I I am excited. Obviously, love Grant Morrison. Um, but Project Cryptid seems to be just a really light-hearted, fun book. If you like monsters you're you're gonna love project cryptid right so and then the last book i read this week was crusader i picked it up kind of on a lark because it looked cool and it ended up being very cool um this <laughs> love is, when that happens this is about a crusader uh, like in the crusades who stumbles upon some black magic in a cave and disrupts the ritual that they're performing and gets teleported to like a fantasy world Mm. where like goblins exist. Um, So he's like, you know, gung ho for Jesus and he has to like chop the heads off of goblins. Um, It's by so win, win. Yeah, totally. Um, It's by Matt Evans and, uh, and, and Deary and yeah, the old English script on the cover does not bode well for Andrew Luckin. Yeah. Um, but it's out on Mad Cave, and Mad Cave has just been kind of killing it. They've been doing a really good job. Um, yeah, they're kind of a publisher to watch out for. So, and Matt Emmons is a phenomenal writer. Yeah, totally. Um, really, a, a lot of cool art in here. It gave me um, actually like Paul Pope 
kind of vibes. Yeah. With the like a little bit chunky art, but still really Yeah, I love those thick lines and like Yeah. Kind of um not, they're not like flat colors, but it's it's like a I don't know, it's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um but it's a very cool, very cool book. Um so Crusader and Hunt for the Skinwalker and Project Cryptid. All good stuff. Like I told you, it's fucking stacked week. Yeah. Like this this happens a few times a year where you're just like, oh, okay, I guess everything hits this week. Yeah. Um, and I'm fine with it because like that, so much great content came out this week that is a little overwhelming. But yep. so that's why we're here, folks, to to help you uh, through your purchases and maybe turn you onto some stuff that you may not have picked up. Because I probably wouldn't have picked up Crusader. Yeah, I wouldn't have either if I didn't see it on the shelf. <laughs> Well, I think that's it, Mike, unless you have something that you... I don't. I have nothing else except to say, at Reader's Zane, goodbye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club, and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash Club.